Good morning. I am Leslie Rowe, and I'm on staff here at the Denton North Church. And I just want to say to all of you, welcome back. I am so excited. It was so sweet to meet on the 18th and to be able to share a meal together and to be able to talk and to worship together, but it really made those two Sundays the GDAC was closed rough. Um, I was ready to be back with you guys again, so thank you for being here this morning. I hope that you took advantage of the time that we couldn't meet to worship somewhere else. Um, Kurt and I went to East Plano Fellowship, and they had this really neat service where they had a service with the two other churches that meet in the building that they meet in, and one of the churches um, spoke Farsi, and so we had songs in Farsi and songs in English, and we had it written out, um, and it was really cool just to see the language, Um, but that was super fun, and then we also attended church in Poto, Oklahoma with Kurt's mom. And it was fun to get to go to church with her. And so I would love to hear what you guys did on your two Sundays. So after church, grab me, text me sometime this week, call me. But I would love to hear what you did with your time off. Well, not time off, but the time we didn't meet (laughs) is what I mean. So at the beginning of each semester, we do a review of our mission and our vision and our values. And we do that because we want to remind ourselves where it is we're going and what it is we're doing so that we don't get sidetracked because it's really easy to get sidetracked, right? It's really easy just to get going in life and not give it much thought. So we always want to come back to this to center ourselves on what it is we need to be doing and what it is we need to value. And so I'm going to talk this week and Josh is going to talk next week. And then the week after that, we asked Ronnie Worsham to come and talk specifically about the church planting part of our mission and vision. And if you don't know who that is, we have a family of churches. We have a church in Garland, a church in Wiley, a church in Plano, a church in Arlington, and a church here. And Ronnie is kind of our church father Um, And he has recently started to step down from his role in Garland so that he can be a resource to all of the churches in an even bigger way than he always has. So that'll be um, not this Sunday, not next, but the next. So John, will you put the slide of the mission, vision, and values up there? I just want to review these pretty quick, um, and then we're going to go a specific direction with this. So first of all, our mission. Our mission is our purpose. It's what we do. And we make and mature disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus. And that comes directly out of Matthew 28. And one of the things I want you to think about when you hear that is we make and mature disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus. For those of you that are in an adult small group, what does that sound like? Apprenticeship to Jesus. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like apprenticeship to Jesus. That's our mission. That's our purpose. Our vision is what we want to become. What do we want to become as Denton North Church? What do we want to become as individuals? And we want to be a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed. And then our values are the principles, the behaviors, 
that help us to get there. So what does it look like when we're making and maturing disciples who love, share, and serve, and share Jesus? What does it look like to be a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed? How do we do that? Well, in order to keep it simple, because we want you guys to be able to remember these. We don't want these just to be a bunch of words on a page. We want you to know it. To keep it simple, if you don't remember all the values, the one value we want you to remember is what we talked about in worship today, simple devotion to Christ. Just getting up every day and trying to be God's people wherever we go. That is our core value, and everything else extends from that. And so we do that through deep relationships. Deep relationships take time. We've got to plant seeds. We've got to cultivate them. We've got to wait on God to grow them. But it's worth it because deep relationships are life-giving. Deep relationships are what help us to grow in our apprenticeship to Jesus. And then our next value is growing leaders. People who can move people from one place to another. Um, What I want you to remember about growing leaders is that everybody leads someone. You may not feel like you're a leader, and maybe you don't lead in a ministry position, but you are a leader to someone in your life. And the question is not, are you a leader? It's where are you leading them? How are you leading them? What kind of a leader are you? And then everyday outreach. Jesus motivates us and inspires us with the good news that he is. And he tells us to go out and bring other people in and share that same good news with him. And so everyday outreach is just about as you go through your everyday life, looking for opportunities to be Jesus and introduce Jesus to people. Love of God's word. It's hard to know what it looks like to be an apprentice to Jesus if we don't read the word and if we don't love the word. And so we would encourage you not to aim for doing that every day or some certain amount of time, but to be faithful in doing it, to not give up when you hit a roadblock and maybe you haven't read for three or four or five weeks or months, um, but to start again, to not give up on that. And it helps us with the discipline to do the things we already know we need to do The Bible says it's useful for correcting, rebuking, training. And so being in Scripture does those things for us. And then warm community is the last one. We want our church to be full of expressive worshipers, of affectionate people lovers. We want to be people who are glad to see people when they walk in the door, who if they have something going on that we're there to listen and pray with them, We want to be people that are interested and invested in the people that God puts in our lives. So I want to read from uh, Mark. Actually, I'm not going to read. I'm going to show a video clip. Um, But this is a story from Mark 2, 1 through 12, 
of a paralyzed man that was dropped through the roof for Jesus to heal him. And the reason I want to play this as a video clip is because I think this is hard for us to imagine. People having to dig through a roof to get to someone, I've never done that before. I don't know about you, but I haven't, so I have no frame of reference for that. Having a house that is so crowded that you couldn't get through the crowd to get to a person inside, the only thing I really have as a frame of reference for that is when we first moved to Denton, we lived in a neighborhood that had three other houses of people from our campus ministry and from our church. And when Focus would do their Halloween party, they would go between our four houses. So each house would have something different. And our house, because Kurt and I are such party animals and real big dancers, was the dance party house. And so we moved all the furniture out of our living room. And at one point, we had about 75 people dancing in our living room. So that's my frame of reference for a very crowded house. Um, but I don't think it was anything like what happened here in Scripture. So I'm going to play this video clip of this story from Mark 2, 1 through 12, and then we're going to take a couple of points from that. Jesus of Nazareth! I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope! Put it back, man! You are willing, Rabbi. I know you can do this. tablet at least. did you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. 
son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk. It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you, my son, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Okay, so just a couple of things we can take away from that. First of all, I think we see that the men that brought the paralyzed man to Jesus were interested in him, and actually the woman in this clip that brought him. Um, and I think that if you go through the mission, the vision, and the values, being interested in people falls under making and maturing disciples. It falls under simple devotion to Christ, everyday outreach, warm community, deep relationships. It encompasses a lot of them. But they knew him well enough to know that he needed healing. And they knew Jesus was the one that could heal him. So they brought him to Jesus, knowing that Jesus would know what he needed and trusting that Jesus knew what he needed. And so I think the lesson for us there is, are we bringing people to Jesus? And do we trust that Jesus will do what's best for them? Or do we think we know what's best for them? And so we have to be interested in people and see people to be able to bring them to Jesus. The second thing is that they were invested in him. They didn't just say, oh, well, we can't get to Jesus. There are too many people here. Maybe another day. They fought 
for this man to be able to see Jesus. They dug through the roof to create an opening, and then they had to figure out how to lower this paralyzed man down to Jesus, where Jesus could interact with him. But they didn't mind the work because they wanted him to see Jesus and to be healed so badly. They were invested in him. They didn't just see him. They didn't just know him. But they were fighting for him. So do we care enough about people that we're willing to do whatever it takes to help them know Jesus? And then third, they believed. They believed that when people turn their hearts to God that their lives are changed. They brought the man to Jesus not because they knew what needed to happen, not because they had any power to heal, but because they had belief that Jesus could. They didn't let their inability stop them from bringing this man to Christ. I know for me personally, that's one of my biggest hindrances is thinking about what I can't do and what I can't fix. And Jesus says over and over again, it's not about you. It's about what I can do. Not only was this man's life changed, but one of my favorite scenes out of that clip is those little kids sitting up on that ledge, cheering Jesus on, when he heals, because there's an episode earlier where Jesus spends time with the children. He spends all day with them, talking to them, laughing with them, playing with them, teaching them, teaching them a lot of the things he taught the adults that they got way better than the adults did. But they had spent time with him, and Jesus had spent time with them, and so they were so excited to see what Jesus was doing. It changed their life. It changed the life of the 12. The man that was sitting next to the children on the roof was Matthew. And Peter was the man who came up while he was sitting there and asked him, is this what you wanted? And then he told him, you better get your notebook out because Matthew was recording everything. And it changed the lives of the 12. It changed the lives of the teachers of the law. Some of them for the good and some of them for the worse. The ones of them that questioned Jesus and doubted Jesus and let that keep them from coming to him, it didn't turn out so well for. But there were teachers of the law that believed, and there was a picture of one of them in that clip. And it changed the lives of the crowd. Scripture says that they were amazed and praised God. It changed their life, and if they turned their heart to Jesus, it continually changed their life. So the question here is, do we believe that if we bring people to Jesus, he will turn their, and they turn their hearts to him, that their lives will be changed, regardless of their problems, regardless of their weaknesses, regardless, regardless of our weaknesses, Jesus can deal with whatever we bring him. I ask Emily, and Emily, you can go ahead and come on up. I ask Emily to share this morning a message that I believe God gave her for our church body. And so I would ask you to listen very carefully 
to what I think is something important for our church to hear. I'm going <clears> to <throat> try not to get emotional because then it's impossible to understand me. So. <laughs> All right, so I went on a retreat at the end of October that was held at Josh's uncle's lake house out at Lake Cypress Springs. One of the mornings, we had a three-hour time of solitude with the Lord that we could spend basically doing whatever. Um, sorry. So he's been basically doing whatever we wanted to help us focus on Jesus and what he would have to say to us. We'd been given a list of a few ideas of things we could pray for and talk with him about. I had Ari with me, so I decided to go for a walk so he could nap while I walked and prayed. As I walked, I was really having a hard time quieting my mind and staying on track with praying through some of the prompts we had been giving. given. I would start out praying about one thing, and before I knew it, I had found a turtle in the middle of the road and was taking a little video of it for Ezra. And it was just like, get it together, Emily. <laughs> so I decided to focus on one of the prompts we had, um, that we had been given that said something along the lines of asking the Lord for a vision for our church community. Josh and I just recently watched a message from Tim Mackey on prayer, where he talked about how he had taken a few weeks of journey <clears throat> of solitude in the mountains of Oregon. He told a story about how he was not even a few miles into the hike, and he heard a rustling in the bushes to one side of him, and someone popped out of the bushes with the blue mouth and teeth and was like, look at all of these huckleberries. And he looked all around him and suddenly realized that he had been walking in this beautiful purple field of huckleberries for miles and had just been completely missing it. He was just too focused on in his head and focused on the ground in front of him. So for him, this unlocked this whole vision of prayer and what prayer can do for spiritual formation. So I was thinking about that, and I asked the Lord to give me something along those lines, some sort of huckleberry moment where he would um, <clears throat> reveal a vision or a message to me about our community through things I was seeing in the nature around me. I was asking specifically for the ladies in our church, but Leslie asked me to share this today because we think that he gave what he gave me can be valuable for our whole church community as well. So this was the vision that I felt like he gave me. This lake is like our church community, people that are already here and attending our church. The water represents our faith in Jesus or our level of apprenticeship to, you, to him, to use the language that we've been using lately. The water at the lake at the time was really low, the lowest I had ever seen it actually. We had been coming here for family get-togethers over the past five plus years or so, and I had never seen it be that low. I was walking past some of the coves on the outer edges of the lake, and there was literally no water there, just dry dirt. There were these beautiful lake houses with docks and their boats hanging from them, but even if they were to let down, the boat was not going anywhere. It would be literally sitting on dry ground. <clears throat> As I got closer to the center of the lake, there started to be some shallow water, but even so, those people would have to, if those people would have let down their boats, they would just get stuck in the mud. Even at the center edge of the lake where I was staying, the water level was really low, but a boat could get in and out without getting stuck. Then I looked out, and there were a few people that were out in the middle of the lake, in the deepest part of the water, and they were living it up, life to the full, fully committed to being in the water completely, and they were having a great time. But they didn't appear to pay any mind to the boats out on the outer edges who were stuck. They were so far, I'm sorry, <clears throat> they were so far into the deep part of the lake that they weren't anywhere near the boats in the shallow water and couldn't tow their boats to deeper waters even if they wanted to, and they especially couldn't get to the ones who were stuck on the dry part of the lake. 
In order to reach them, these people would have to do the hard work of going to the outer edges of the lake, getting out of their boat, walking through the muddy shallows to the dry ground, reaching that person and helping them get back to their boat to hop in for a ride and get a taste of the good life. <clears throat> the good life. The problem is that even if they do all that, the dry ground and shallow water person can't stay in someone else's boat forever. They'll have to go back to their house eventually. And so they get stuck all over again. It will take the consistency of the ones in deeper water to go back each time, walking with them through the mud to hop in their boat or towing them along, waiting out the season until the whole lake level eventually rises. There are seasons when the lake, letter, lake water level is just fine and everyone can get out onto the water with no problems. But this is not that season. So many are struggling. So the ones out on the lake need to be looking to the edges with consistency, helping those without water get a taste of the good life. There may be some who feel like I do, ill-equipped, and like they're not in a good spot to be helping others. Your quote-unquote water level may be low, but you can still get out into the water and therefore you have a responsibility to help those who, who can't. And if you feel stuck in a dry part of the lake, don't let yourself forget how great the water is, how worth it, it is. Don't give up. Actively look for someone to tell you, cry out for help. See through my tears, sorry. Someone to help you into their boat and out onto the water. Do whatever you can. Just don't resign to the dry ground. Do whatever you can. Oh, I'm sorry. If we as a community continue to do the hard work, persevering through this season, there will be a day where we'll see the blessing of rain and we can all be out on the, wa on the lake together then we can bring those that aren't even at the lake to come see the water. So that was the vision that I felt like he gave me at that time. The week before last, we were out at the lake again to get together with Josh's family for Christmas. And the water level had, had risen significantly since I was there and was more of what I was used to seeing. I still felt like God was speaking that same message he gave me when I was there in October. Only now he was saying, this is what it can look like if we keep up the good and the hard work. He can bring rain. He can raise the water level, and he can fill up our community. So I think, do y'all have the pictures of the lake or no? <laughs> if not, it's okay. I had to take pictures of what uh, the lake level looked like in October versus what it looked like a, a week and a half ago, but... You don't have them? Okay. No worries. That's okay. I'll put them in Mighty Networks for you guys. So I don't want to say a whole lot about what Emily shared with you because I want that to resonate with you. I want you to think about it and pray about it and let it speak to you how God wants it to speak to you. Um, and so I want us to stop and pray right now. God, I thank you 
for the message that you've given us through our sister Emily, and I thank you for her boldness to share it with us today. Uh, God, I pray that for each one of us, that you would help us to see who we are in that vision and what we need to either keep doing and be consistent about or what we need to change about what we're doing. Um, I pray, God, that we would care for everybody in that vision. I pray that we would be people like the people that brought the paralyzed man to Jesus and that we would um, fight for people, both people inside our body and people outside. I pray that you'll show us how to do that and that you'll lead us in that and let us be formed by Christ in how we need to go about that. And God, all of that is for your glory because you alone are good and you alone are God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to read you a passage from Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Because in Apprenticeship to Jesus, we've been talking about being with Jesus so we can be like Jesus and do what Jesus did. And this passage, I think, is a good description of Jesus' life and character and that we should be deeply formed by it. And so as you think about what Emily shared with us this week, I hope you'll also read this passage several times and let Jesus form you as you read it. Rich Velotis, who is a pastor in another part of the country, said, the troubling reality is that believers can be deeply committed to being Christian without ever being deeply formed by Christ. The troubling reality is that believers can be deeply committed to being Christian without ever being deeply formed by Christ. So let us be deeply formed by Christ. I'm going to read out of the message. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, If being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Do you hear our values in there? Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Jesus Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity Think about that. He set aside the privileges of deity, not he set aside what he wanted, not he set aside um, his rights. He set aside being deity in order to become human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. 
Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all, to the glorious honor of God the Father. So just one uh, more thing, and then we're going to end with the Lord's Prayer today. But in thinking about Emily's vision and in thinking about how do we move forward from there, I would point you back to the three things I shared with you from the story of the paralyzed man. We have to be people that are interested in people. We have to be people that are invested and people that are willing to fight for other people. And we have to believe that Jesus is the good news and he makes a difference. So moving forward, one of the things that you can do to help in our church family is to make sure you know our mission, vision, and values so that you can think about them, you can talk about them with other people, you can pray about them and ask God, what does that look in my life, like in my life? What does that look like in my life as I interact with our church body? But don't just memorize them. Remember James 1.22, don't just hear the word, but do it. So memorize it, pray about it, talk about it, and then do something about it. Put it into practice hold each other accountable, spur each other on, and encourage each other. And some of these things you're going to find you're doing a great job at, and you need to celebrate that. This is not about just what are we doing wrong or what am I doing wrong. There are a lot of things that you're doing right. And so celebrate that, and then on the things that you feel like God is calling you to do better in, work on doing better in that. So which of these things do I need to start with? God, where do I need to start? What is one thing I can do this week to grow in being who you want me to be, to be formed by Jesus? Share that with someone. So pray, figure out what that one thing is, share it with someone, have them share theirs with you, and then pray for each other. It's that simple. That's the next step. That's the moving forward. And I'm going to post those on um, Mighty Networks. We're going to try and post what Emily shared on there, too, so that you can look at that again and think through that. Um, And so I would encourage you to go there this week. I'm also going to post the scripture reference I asked you to think about, Philippians 2, 1 through 11. So as we, um, in the fall, went through the Lord's Prayer line by line, I want us to say that again today, remembering that every line reflects something we need to say to ourselves and something that we need to say to the Father every day. So we're going to put that up on the screen, and we're going to say that together. Maybe. If we don't have it, it's okay. Uh, There we go. Thank you. It's okay. You guys work so hard for us. We appreciate you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
Good morning. We've got some announcements for you guys. One, I just want to say thank you, Leslie, for that message, and thank you, worship team. I had such a wonderful Sunday this morning. It's great to be with you guys again, worshiping together, hearing what has been on Leslie's heart. So I've just, I've enjoyed it all, 10 out of 10, honestly. Um, so, and I'm a little biased about the Emily thing, so, you know. Um, but first, we've got the ladies' breakfast is coming up. Ladies, yep. They've got a breakfast, and it's going to be dope. Um, so there's the details there. I don't think there needs to be any sort of sign-up kind of deal, so just put that in your calendar and don't miss it. If you're a lady and you like breakfast, then you better be there. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be basically like hanging out, relational time, eating, breaking bread together, and then a short devotional. So definitely don't miss that. It's going to be really cool. And then we've got the I – I saw last second the worship team sign-up. Do you, one of you guys want to say something about it or do you want me to – okay, come on. Let's do it. Hey guys. Okay, so yeah, we've got uh, signups again for our worship team for this spring semester. So if y'all can read Josh's number up there, it's 936-355-0415. You can text him. Um, and yeah, we'll get back in touch with you. We're specifically looking for keyboardists and vocalists. So if you have, if you are so inclined, yeah, please feel free to reach out to us. And we're looking forward to seeing y'all. And they'll post that on my network too, in case you couldn't catch Josh's number. And then, yeah, let's put it, on, let's put it everywhere, you know? Craigslist. Craigslist, yeah, yeah. What if every time, just like in TV shows, we had a, a phone number up there, it was like a 555 number? It was just like, all right, Devin, your turn. Devin's going to share a little bit about the discussion group that's happening this, starting this month. Let's go, Devin. I put a chair behind that column when we were setting up, and I don't think anyone sat there. But, um, okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Leslie, when Leslie and Josh announced this group, um, the past few meetings, they didn't really give any specifics about it. So, essentially, they did a bad job <laughs> announcing it. Um, but, yeah, we'll meet um, once a month on a Sunday. Um, evening and or afternoon um, and we'll give you like a podcast or something to read or so many to listen to and you'll come to the discussion group ready to discuss that um, the last one was like incredibly structured and this one's meant to be a little bit more flexible so we can kind of talk about whatever the group needs to talk about um, some of the things we might talk about, um, well, we will talk about the first meeting. Um, we'll have a special guest, and we'll talk about um, the authority of Scripture and answer some questions, some really juicy questions, like um, <laughs> how can we trust that the Bible is still relevant today? Um, when you think about sexuality, what themes and values from Scripture should we lean on? And is the Bible inherently violent to gay people? Um, another thing we might discuss is the terminology of gay Christian versus saying same-sex attracted, the pros and cons of each, and what that might mean for specific people. Um, yeah, and if anyone has any questions, please talk to Josh or Leslie or me or <laughs> I guess Ryan Pluche. He's kind of helping me lead it. Um, I also wanted to say if 
you're an LGBT plus person or same-sex attractive or gay or whatever you want to call yourself, um, that um, I want to encourage you to, um, if you're conflicted about what scripture says or um, don't know what God thinks about you, I just want to encourage you to talk to someone that you trust. Um, and then my goal is to create a safe place by helping Christians think through how to love gay people with truth and grace while also creating a place where they can belong, whether that's through one of one-on-one -on -one relationships, the discussion groups, small groups, or the church community at large. So yeah, yeah. that's it. Okay. I'm really excited about that group. And, and in the past ones that Devin's done, he's done a great job of creating that environment that he's talking about, where people can feel really comfortable. They can come with questions. They can come with questions about their own life and decisions that they're going to make, and also just their family members and friends. So anyway, I'm really... A, proud of the approach we've taken of trying to really love the Bible, look to it, ask the questions we have, but also just really love people and care about their inherent dignity. Um, and I think the last thing we've got is just giving, and Kurt, you can start waking your way up to pray as well. Um, you can give at DentonNorthChurch.com slash donate or on Venmo as well, and that helps cover the, oh, what? Oh, huh? Oh, really? Okay, great. Never mind. Forget everything about, oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, sound team interest meeting and training. This is going to be a really good combination thing that Hannah's been working on for a while, which is basically just that, like, we, we always need people doing sound, and obviously it's an essential part of our gathering together. But it is it's hard, and it's not the, like, thing that most of us just walk in knowing how to do. But we need people to help with it, and we also want to train you well and have you know what you're doing. And so this is the combination of that. And so we're going to have an interest meeting as well as a, a training where you can learn how to do sound and know the basics of it. Our setup is very simple, but we want you to feel like you know what you're doing. So please don't miss that. And if you're looking for a way to serve in our church community, um, sound is very helpful and incredibly important. And it's it doesn't get the most thanks, which is a downside. And it just takes some effort. You have to get here early and stuff like that. But let me tell you, we are very grateful for you for doing that. And so go sound team. Thank you so much. Yeah. And if you uh, need announcements to be made or get in the newsletter, um, send them to me. And then this doesn't happen. Um, but yes. Yeah, that's just what she's talking about. Nice. There we go. Here and lunch provided. There you go. If that doesn't get you to come join sound team, I don't know what will. So lunch provided. Um, anyway, Kurt, you can close us in some prayer. Wow, that's a tough act to follow all that. So good stuff, though. I just want to uh, welcome you back. Like uh, we've been talking, I appreciate your energy today. It was really good to be back and just be energized by... Um, from Becca and uh, Jessica and, and everybody that's uh, jamming. Uh, if you need some dancers for um, your um, praise team, I, I can, I've got some that could probably help you out there. I, on the other way, am not a good dancer. You know, Leslie was kind of bragging our dancing a little earlier at our house that time, but nope, that's not for me. So anyway, I can sing. That. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to give some words of encouragement before we leave, and I appreciate um, Leslie and M's uh, thoughts today, but I'm going to read just a quick uh, passage from Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and you know, the, it was talking about 
people like Moses and Abram and all that, but I, I think of, I go on even beyond that and think about my grandparents and my, and my dad and people like that, family and friends that have gone on before us that, are, that fought the good fight. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I think about what my, um, I took a fitness class over at North Lakes in, during the week, and our fitness instructor said this week, and she, she, was, she was trying to encourage everybody because, you know, at the end of the year, uh, the classes kind of get smaller, and at the beginning of the year, everybody kind of shows up again, and we get going again, but she said it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, and she was talking about exercise, but I think about that in our own life, and I think about Chelsea and Ryan and some of you runners, who are my runners out here, some of you guys that like to run, you know, just go out and run, but... You think about that, and, you know, you just, for a marathon, I've never run a marathon, don't ever care to, um, but to get ready for that, just what's in, involved in that and trying to process that and, and exercise for that and all that, and just what's involved, and it's the same way in our spiritual time and our spiritual walk with God. It's not a sprint. This year is not going to be a sprint. It's a marathon. It's getting up every day. And looking at those and, and, and thinking through mission, uh, vision, and values, getting up every day to serve God and to spend time with God. And yeah, there's going to be, like Leslie was saying, there's going to be weeks, there may be months where you're like, I didn't really spend a lot of time with God over the last week or two or month or whatever. But it's about getting back up and going, okay, I'm going to do this again. Okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working through it, even during the hard times, even when I fall down, even when I get hurt, even when I'm injured. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to keep going because ultimately Jesus is our prize. You know, all of that um, will come to fruition one day, but we got to never give up. Like, you know, I, you hear me say that all the time. So I just want to encourage you that as we go into a new year and a new day. Let's pray. God, I just want to thank you for our church body, and I thank you for giving us the mission that you did to just to really love people well, to love you well, and Lord, help us to get up every day and really try, and when we don't try, Lord, forgive us, and when we neglect you and neglect others, forgive us, but let us to never give up, Lord, let us to keep on going as we, as we enter a new year. And thank you for never giving up on us, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.